on average four and a half targets per game when Tariq he did Cohen. in his first nine games. But so that, maybe some of those games not, were without Tariq yeah, Cohen on the field. Six of those games were without Tariq Cohen on the field. I'm pretty sure. We'll see. Uh, we'll see if that number dips this year with Tariq Cohen there. I, I suspect that they still feed him the football through the air. Maybe not four and a half, but it could be three and a half. So it could lead to three catches per game for Montgomery. You'll take that goal line roll. That's, that's his lead roll. That's his offensive line isn't bad. I, I think that when you're talking about upside for all these guys, I think Montgomery's got the chance to get more yards than any of these receivers and more touchdowns than any of these receivers. Chris, you agree? Yeah, although it, it, what complicates it is the fact that he barely outscored Allen Robinson last season, which I was shocked to see. He was like one and a half points ahead. He did play one fewer game. That's PPR? Yeah, and PPR. So Right, you know, um, Allen Robinson's almost a lock for 150. Now, with an extra game, probably 160 targets. He's been 150 plus two straight years with Chicago. Mm-hmm. So I guess I could see an argument that in a full PPR league, he could have, you know, 60 more catches than David Montgomery or something like that and and thus would have more upside. Uh, you know, I, I mean, obviously the running back. But the thing is, the running back's the easier to make the case. I think Robinson's going ahead of Montgomery Yeah, in ADP. Sure. So, um, all right, then let's we, we can shift our attention to the highest floor in this group. Is that Robinson? Robinson, yeah, Montgomery, Lamb, and Cooper? Yeah, for me, it's Robinson because of the target share that he's had the past two seasons and what he's done with it with bad quarterbacks the past two seasons. 16.1 PPR points per game in 2020, 15.5 in 2019. I'm sure he'll fall at least to 15.5 as a floor this year with Dalton and Justin Fields there, and he's going to continue to get force-fed targets. It's kind of an easy case. He's kind of a no-brainer pick. When when you're up and there isn't a running back you love and there isn't a receiver you love and the top three tight ends are gone and you don't feel like taking a quarterback, it's an instant smash on the draft button. Yeah. Yeah. Or Unless you want to say, hey, the, the Cowboys are going to throw for a 1,000 more yards than the, than the uh, Bears. And maybe, seriously, maybe 15 more touchdowns. You know, it wouldn't shock me if the Bears had 20 touchdowns and the Cowboys had 35, or maybe that's 37 and 22, something like that. Unless you want to say, hey, I'd rather have Cooper or Lamb. I, it's not being drafted that way. But I guess I could see a case that that Robinson... I just made the case that he does have the upside because of all the targets, but even mm-hmm. with those targets, he hasn't been really a stud on a per-game basis. He's been really, really good. But I would well, not neither, call him a stud. Neither have Coop, Cooper or Lamb. Um, no. I guess Cooper was in that Unless four, you look five at, games. Right, like, right, right. The they weren't going to keep throwing for 6,500 yards or whatever they were on pace for. And then, yeah. you know, I think it's kind of like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers situation where we love these guys and we think they're awesome. I, I think Michael Gallup's getting a little overlooked. You know, in that he like the way we talk about Antonio Brown, I think Michael Gallup should be talked about the same way as a guy who being the third guy in the offense could be a really useful fantasy option. And and that's one thing that Chicago doesn't have is really a second guy, let alone a third guy, depending on how much you like Darnell Moody. Sure. They've got a bunch of guys who are going to fill in to be the second guy each week. Yeah. I yeah. think there could be a few weeks where Montgomery ends up being that second guy. Mm-hmm. All right. So between Robinson, Montgomery, Lamb and Cooper, it seems like you're not taking one of the Cowboys first. But if Robinson and Montgomery are sitting there, you already have one running back and one receiver, who are you taking? Because of position scarcity, I might lean toward Montgomery. But the the say the, the answer is really Robinson. 
because he's the safest play of, and he still has some good upside. Like if you were to tell me, I told you Montgomery had the highest upside. I think the second highest upside is Robinson. Okay. Yeah. And the high combined with the highest floor, he gets the combined with the highest floor. Okay. Next group, Chris Godwin, Julio Jones, Josh Jacobs, and Travis Etienne. Two wide receivers, two running backs. Chris Godwin, Julio Jones, Josh Jacobs, Travis Etienne. Who has the uh, the highest upside in this group, Chris? I, I may be alone on this one, but I think it's Julio Jones walking away. I, I just he is so efficient. They're going to be so concentrated in targets. I think he's still going to be a hundred and thirty five, hundred and forty target guy. Um, and for once, he's not the best red zone guy. So maybe he actually does score nine touchdowns this season. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's Julio. I think it's Julio too. If he stays healthy for 17 games, uh, I, I think there's no doubt that he'll still see a high target share. I don't think it'll be quite as high as he had in Tennessee. Percentage-wise, it will be, but not overall number. Uh, but I think that his touchdowns could still hit 8, 9, maybe 10. Can he get 10 touchdowns for once in his career? Wouldn't that be special? Or twice in his career? 17 uh, games. I, I guess you told me James him. Robinson only played two games. That's the that's the only other way I could I could argue. Yeah. You can make the case for ETN. I, sure. I should uh, I should have said this. I don't think I did. I want to do this exercise as if nobody's getting injured yeah. this year. It's yeah. easy to say. Well, this if he gets sure, hurt, but blah, we talked. We've already talked about how injuries can impact other players and and Not whatnot. Much. But you're right. Much. Right. I think overall, when we're talking upside and floor, we can't say well if this guy gets hurt then then yes, of course. I think that goes without saying that if if James Robinson were to miss the, almost the whole season, that ETN would have the highest upside as yeah. things stand. But part of the reason why I think Julio has the highest upside is because if he stays healthy, he'll get there. Yeah. We don't yeah. know if he can stay healthy. If, if, no. You know, I don't think anybody's drafting Julio Jones expecting him to play 17 games. I, okay. I think if you want to make the case that this player that we're talking about is injury prone, I guess that's one thing. Um, but if you want to say, well, if Kenyon Drake gets hurt, then Josh Jacobs. We can't go through all the scenarios where I give you four players well, and you start talking about all their teammates getting hurt. That's, that's what I also meant. that gets into the nature of the discussion. Julio Jones might have the highest upside, but because of the recurring nature of the ham, 